All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. And joining me, as he always does every week, to provide expert insight and analysis. WIP show producer. You know what? He's more than a WIP show producer. Like, he is the hardest working show producer in show business. I don't know if that's using the word show too too often, too soon, but he is. He's also the co-host and, I'm sorry, host and co-creator of the Birds IQ pod, which you can see here on edgeofphilly.com. Kyle, happy holidays. Good afternoon. How you doing? What's up? Happy holidays, Matt. Hanging in there. <coughs> still, still a few more weeks of football left, so yes, to it. Yes, there are, there are still a few weeks of football left. Week 15 is staring us directly in the face. And Kyle, let's jump right into it. Actually, you know what? I don't want to jump right into it, Kyle, because I want to I want to make public a, a decision or an announcement about my podcast in regards to our continuing partnership going forward after the football season, if I could. Mm-hmm. So sure. Kyle Quinn has graciously agreed to continue working with me after the season is over by periodically appearing on the pod to discuss, of course, uh, his other expertise level of sports, which, of course, is hockey, of course, uh, the NHL formalized plans on Friday to actually begin the 2000 and I guess we can call it the 21 season on January 13th, a 56 game season, which will put all the teams in the NHL into four, I guess, regional divisions to include a all Canadian division. And uh, Kyle will be joining me periodically through that season, talking flyers and talking NHL. So Kyle, thank you very much for continuing to uh, talk with me. Yeah, man. Well, get a, Good opportunity to talk some hockey. Always love talking hockey. Can't wait for it to start back up. Either can I. And Kyle, I cannot guarantee you though that we will can we will talk uh, exclusively hockey because this off season is shaping up to be one of the most memorable ones in Eagle history. So oh, yeah. I'm going to mix some Eagle stuff in there. I'm sure. But uh, more more on that later on. Anyway, Kyle, last week, right? We had Eagle Saints at the link. We had a. Um, we had a quarterback making his NFL starting debut, and we had uh, we had some things in the air that just kind of screamed a victory, and I, and I felt it. I, I'm not going to lie to you, I did. So, Kyle, based on what you saw last week, give me two things that encouraged you about the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, it was uh, Jalen Hurts' performance overall was, I think, very encouraging. I don't think uh, it wasn't like knock your socks off great. Like he had one big boy throw. Uh, which was the touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. I thought that was an elite throw. Other than that, he didn't really make any any like crazy elite NFL arm talent throws, but he uh, did exactly what we thought he would and added an element to the offense with his legs, which is really fun to watch. And not sure if it was sustainable, but we're looking for encouraging. And we definitely got some of that, so uh, that was encouraging. Also, I think in turn with uh, the way that Jalen Hurts played, it also makes uh, Miles Sanders a little bit more dynamic, and I think uh, defenses have to respect him a little bit more. We saw him pop off a nice uh, 82-yard touchdown run in that last game, and I'd like to see that continue just a little bit. And uh, I guess kind of in the same in the same vein there, the offensive line I thought did a pretty pretty good job opening up some holes and protecting Jalen Hurts and getting uh, Miles Sanders some big gaps there. Yeah, uh, and my yeah, I mean, those are some things. Now, Miles Sanders, I've been really critical of Miles over the well, the years that he's been here, but you know, I, I want to see more consistency from him. And I, I know we've talked about that in the past. Um, I, listen, I'm not going to take the fact that the man can break seventy plus yard touchdown runs. I mean, what he's got four of 
70 plus this year. Yeah. You know, that's, yep. that's pretty, pretty impressive, but you know, I want to see more of the grind out. And, and I think we came to that consensus last week that maybe Miles Sanders is not the grindy kind of running back that, that, you know, moves the chains and the clock that he is that, that explosive back, but I want to see a little bit more balance out of miles though. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. I, you just kind of got to give him the ball more. And I mean, if, uh, look, I mean, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. The offensive line has been pretty bad this year. Yeah. And they're, they have, they've done what, like 14 different offensive line combinations we're about to have in our 15th week. It's, it's ridiculous. There's been no consistency on the offensive line. So I can't really get all Miles Sanders and expect him to be too consistent when the offensive line hasn't been consistent at all. Right. So. All right, Kyle. So give me two things out of that game that discouraged you. Oh, about the secondary just dropping like flies. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was brutal. I mean, Darius Slay went down. He's been having some injury issues lately. Rodney McLeod's done for the season, which is just I think that's a massive, massive blow. He was having a great season. Avante Maddox, he has not been having a great season, but again, he's just another body back there that we could probably use. Um, that was really discouraging. And then I'll say I'll say Jalen Hurts' propensity for what seems like turnover worthy plays. Felt like he kind of put the ball out there a couple times that uh that that he probably shouldn't have. But those are, you know, just those are rookie mistakes that he could probably correct. But if I'm looking for things that were discouraging, it's probably that near pick six and the fumble that almost cost us the game. And um you know, just under a microscope, those two things were uh, were not very good, I don't think. Yeah, Kyle, those were my discouraging moments as well. Uh, and now, Kyle, the final thing I want to know about your feelings from last week's game is I need two things that made you kind of go, really, in that game. Uh, hmm. Uh, probably, probably how close that onside kick was. That was uh... – that, that probably shouldn't have been anywhere near as close as it was. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem like doesn't seem like teams know the rule, even after uh, even after what was happening earlier. Oh, and then uh, I think the most obvious one has to be Jake Elliott missing twenty two yard field goal after we just grinded out a nice long. It wasn't really a long, but it was a like well executed and uh, precise drive at the end of the half there that we kind of had to grind out just to get toward the uh, toward the goal line and then had to settle for a few goals, settle, quote-unquote, and uh, Jake Kelly just completely shanked it. So I think both of those things are probably my two big really moments. So, Kyle, it's interesting that you mentioned those two moments because those exactly are my moments too. But what's interesting to me is both of those moments occurred on special teams, correct? Yeah, yep, that is very true. So Dave Phipp the Eagles special teams coach, coordinator, whatever you want to call him, was brought in here as some sort of sage and some sort of savior to special teams. Uh, but you add in the um, adventures that the Eagle punt return teams have every time out on the field. You add in Jake Elliott's inconsistencies. And then you add in that that messed up um, onside kick. Kyle, why does Dave Phipp continuously get a pass every week and doesn't come into the crosshairs like, say, Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson do? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's because they're just, he's just the special teams. If the offense and defense were humming, humming along, everything was going great, the special teams are holding back, then yeah, Dave Phipp would be going under the microscope. But the fact 
fact of the matter is this is probably Dave Phipps' first bad year that he's had here. Our special teams have been, you know, I'd say that they were probably, a, they were definitely a bright spot when he was here with Chip Kelly. Yeah. And they kind of, the, the truth is, they kind of just neglected bringing in guys specifically to fill special teams roles like they had in the past. Um, you know, you, you guys like Chip Kelly actually prioritize bringing in players to, uh, to play special teams. And, you know, we, we had a pretty solid unit there for quite a while. Dave Fipp coached those guys up pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just the mat, the fact that it's just another cog in the machine that's kind of been brutal this season. So I don't think he's been under a microscope as much as you might think. I think he deserves to be a uh... – Placed in that same vein. I mean, I got it. You know, when you look at how bad the defense and off or inconsistent, whatever you want to call it, that the D and the uh, offense have been. But, you know, special teams has cost this team this year. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not calling for Dave Phipps. Head. I would say right. that on, on the list on the list of things that cost the Eagles games this year, special teams is probably at the bottom. Kyle, I would have more faith in you returning punts than I do Greg Ward. I would not. I'd probably run like a six, seven. <laughs> yeah, but you can make the proper decisions on whether or not to let the ball go or not. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking man. for. Listen, man, everyone's, everyone's a tough guy until there's guys running down his face screaming, you know. So then what is he doing out there if he doesn't understand the complexities or the hazards of the job? Now, Jalen Rager. Uh, obviously, Jalen Rager, the one time that he did return a punt recently, he took it to the house. But yet he's not doing that anymore. Is there – is there something going on in there? Why is Jalen Rager not returning punts? Well, I don't know. If you remember when he did take that punt, he, he did drop that. Yes. He did muff the, muff the punt. So, I mean, that could have something to do with it. They probably think Greg Ward's the more sure-handed guy. I think Jalen Rager was only in there to, you know, do exactly that, try and provide some sort of a spark, and that's exactly what he did. I, I, I don't think at this point in his young career he's uh, he's as reliable a punt returner as everyone just assumes he is. But, no, and I agree, but, you know, I think part of Greg Ward's shorthandedness plays into the fact that he never fields a punt. He lets them all go. So that yeah. that, that could be a, a conversation for another day. <laughs> all right, Kyle, moving on to today, we are out there in uh, in beautiful Glendale, Arizona, in the, in the desert. Uh, the Eagles are going to sport the white top green pants, and thank God that maybe, you know, maybe you were right about your assess- assessment that maybe the white on white is like a – seasonal thing and that the green and white and green is kind of like the like winter stuff i I mean it's kind of playing into that don't you think i hope so i hope they just retire for the season yeah they're just just lame looking i you know what maybe they're just trying to go with the uh green pants jalen hurts white pants carson wentz things yeah maybe that could possibly be it trying to be a new team yeah (laughs) yeah yeah all right and then of course the cardinals are going with the red and the white uh, weather out there in Glendale, it, it's going to be 20 degree game time temp, uh, potential of, uh, six to eight feet of snow and then 40 mile an hour wind gusts coming out of the Valley. Now, of course, it's going to be 70 degrees, Kyle, in the, in the desert today. Uh, obviously weather, does it have any kind of factor, uh, positively or negatively in this game? No, I, I don't think it does at all. I mean, they're kind of like semi semi dome anyway aren't they the whole so, state's in a dome if you ask me yeah they're uh yeah no the weather is weather is not gonna happen you think jake elliott might be pretty happy that it's kind of like you know neutral weather today that maybe he can you know get I, well I game i don't even think it's the weather that's bothering him anymore i think he's he's just got some some sort of mental issues so i i, I don't think the weather has 
has anything to do with what Jake Elliott is going to do today. <laughs> uh, I think you might be right. All right, let's uh, transition over to the injury report. Uh, let's talk Cardinals out is uh, Kyle Phipps on a hamstring. Uh, their kicker is out, Zane Gonzalez, defensive lineman Jordan Phillips, and safety Jalen Thompson. Um, anything there that kind of jumps out at you, Kyle? No, no real keys, but I mean, you know, the kicker thing is kind of interesting. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, that could that might play in today's game. Who knows? Now, of course, the Eagles. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like just, I'm not even gonna go into the actual injury report name by name because it's the usual suspects, yeah. uh, with the with the exception of Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. But it kind of leads me into my point, Kyle. I'm gonna name off a few names for you, and you tell me who these people are. Uh, Help me out, okay? So let's start out with a guy named Kevon uh, Seymour, uh, Jamison Houston, uh, Blake Countness. Uh, who are those guys, Kyle Quinn? Well, Blake Countess, uh, he's, he's been here for a little bit. Yes, he has. <laughs> Off and on. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a name I actually do recognize. Kevon Seymour, I mean, he was the one getting smoked by Emmanuel Sanders last week. Yeah, I mean, look. These are just these are no name guys again. This is where we're at. This is where we. Is this any surprise as an Eagles fan? This is where we were at with our receivers last season. By this point, <laughs> and now it's where we're at with our corners. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a brutal time of the season to be to be dealing with something like this, especially considering the matchup that we're going up against. It's uh, this is not going to be fun. Yeah, no, it ain't. Now, Kyle, I have, I have, we've actually discussed this throughout the season. We, it seems like we talk about it every week because the injury report is such a significant component to the Eagles' season every, uh, over the last three years. Now, Kyle, every team deals with injuries. I'm not immune to that. I know teams deal with injuries. It's a violent game played by violent people. Certain teams, and you gotta you got to react, you got to have depth and all that. But when you look at this football team, the Eagles, over the past three seasons, I have never seen – Injuries play such a role in how this team goes forward than I have over this stretch of time. Now, I know sitting here trying to play detective on why it's like that is a futile exercise. But So we're going to go a different route with it. Do you believe that the drafting, the free agent signings, and the training of this football team are, are suspect in, in the issues that this team is having with injuries? Well, I, I think... There, there could definitely be a little more due diligence in, I guess, researching a player's injury history. You know what I mean? Like, you should, maybe, uh, maybe you could do a little bit better about bringing guys in who kind of have a spotless record. But, but just, I mean, it's really like you're kind of just throwing crap at a wall yeah. when you do that kind of stuff because guys can get like in the NFL. There's a saying. There's, there's a hundred percent injury rate in the NFL. So yep. every, every single player that steps on the field at any given point, any game is prone to get injured at any, like at any point. So, I mean, really there's, there's no avoiding it. And I know it's kind of just, sounds crazy to just say it's a lot of like bad, bad luck, but I mean, you got to think that there's going to be some sort of regression that mean at some point, I feel like I say this every year, but I mean, yeah, it could be just, just a matter of looking into some things that maybe we haven't been looking into in the past few years. Really, I don't have the answers. If I did, I would be uh, I'd be knocking up on Novacare trying to get a job. Yeah, and um, 
So with that being said, you know, I, 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 I again, I, I understand that. But we're now looking at a second week throughout this season or a second game throughout the season. <clears throat> we're, we're rolling out the third and fourth unit of a position group. What was it back in the Niner game earlier in the season when we were down to the I, – I, I think it was the Niners. No, it wasn't the Niners. Was it the uh, Raven game? I'm sorry. It was the Ravens game where by the end of the game we were dealing with the four-string wide receiver group and a four-string tight end. Yeah, no. I, I, so I'll tell you what actually what does bother me, and it's uh, it's I guess I'll point to a specific scenario this season when how he cut Will Parks. I mean, yep. Who who do you think who do you think would be perfect for this team right now going into this game against Arizona? Who could we use right now? Will Parks. I mean, Rodney McLeod just went down. Darius Slay just went down. Devontae Maddox just went down. Will Parks would be perfect for this team right now. Well, I don't, I, I, that one I don't understand at all. Well, and you can also make a case so could Russell Douglas and Sidney Jones, honestly, at this point. So, I don't know. But, see, listen, those guys just they, – they weren't working here. Uh-huh. They weren't. Well, neither, neither Will, was Will, Will Parks. Parks did, Will Parks did never get a chance. Uh-huh. Those guys did, and they stunk. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a valid point, you know, and, and that's another narrative that's been kind of done to death lately is why do players leave here and all of a sudden figure it out in other teams? And now all the fingers, it just seems to be de- defense exclusive with the exception of Mozart out there in uh, San Fran with, as a running back. But obviously Jim Schwartz now is coming under a lot of fire for that. But again, a conversation that we could talk for hours another time. Yep. All right, Kyle, summary of today's game. What is going to happen in Glendale? What is going to happen out there in the desert today? Uh, well, I'd like to say that, uh, that I think the Eagles are going to continue what they did last week, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that offensive recipe is very sustainable. There's still an inherent issue with guys getting separation and guys getting open. Uh, Arizona's defense is pretty underrated. They got uh, that guy Hassan Reddick at five sacks, I think, last week. Go Temple. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not a big Temple guy, but not I'll mind. give it to you. <laughs> not so, a uh, But, yeah, I don't think the offense is sustainable. And then, look, the defense, I'd say we'd have a chance with the defense. But, I mean, how banged up they are, particularly on the back end, uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing any way that, that the Eagles are going to pull this game out. Uh, now that's a great point, and it seems to kind of all all signs seem to point in in the defensive secondary's uh, direction. Uh, when you're th- trotting out a uh, future Hall of Famer and Larry Fitzgerald as a wide receiver, and let's face it, probably we'll be talking about DeAndre Hopkins in about three years as a future Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got Kyler Murray, who's a mobile quarterback who can extend plays. You're right. the The prospect of Eagle victory um, really is, is is low, but the defensive line has been playing better lately, right? Did you agree with yeah. that statement? Yeah, for, absolutely. Javon Hargraves going to be so. There, you know, obviously a lot of today is going to hinge on whether or not Jim Schwartz can get creative with possible. I mean, God, let's face it, he's going to have to blitz every down. I mean, you, I, I, I'm not really concerned about what the Cardinal running game is going to do, but I am very concerned about what Kyler Murray is going to do. So, yeah, I kind of agree. So if if by some chance, uh, Kyle, that there's a way that this team can win, give me the three keys to Eagle victory. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think we kind of uh, kind of glossed over them a little bit. They're 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 so screwed on the back end that they literally have to be in Kyler Murray's face. I think on every single play, 
every single play. Um, with that, so that's probably going to be the first case. Just you know, blitz from hell, Jimmy Schwartz, literally blitz from hell. And then by doing that, they're going to have to try and find a way to get some short fields, get the ball turned over to them. Because I'm not, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain long offensive drives when they're out on the road here. Second week, they got some film on Jalen Hurts now. So they're going to have to get some short fields. And then I'd like to see them keep pounding them. Miles Sanders, I mean, you know, the more you give him the ball, the more chance he has of breaking off one of those long runs. And the only way the Eagles are going to win is if they get some big plays, the luck, and some short fields. So those are my keys to victory, I think. So my keys to victory, um, number one, I believe that the continued um, maturation process of Jalen Hurts, now that there's film on him, and uh, what the Cardinals may do to him today and how he reacts to that and adapts to that, um, I believe is a, is a, is a key to victory. It's also a, an evaluation key for me as well, but um, I think Jalen hurts continuing to provide the energy and the sparks that he's provided to that offense um, is definitely number one for me. Uh, my number two is the same as yours. You know, the defensive line, we need to get, um, we need to get some pressure. We, we gotta, we gotta, there's no other, cause it's going to be a long day. I mean, I could probably be sitting back there and throwing balls to DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Larry Fitzgerald if the defensive line does not get um, some pressure. And then my third key to victory is is Doug. You know, uh, I think that with another week and another week of practice, maybe we see that creative, innovative Doug Peterson play caller again. It starts to open up that playbook a little bit, starts to give him uh, a little bit more of a, um, you know, little bit more razz-dazz type stuff, you know. I, I really do believe that that's going to continuously, you know, try to keep the Cardinals' defense off off balance. All right, Kyle. Uh, last week we started it. I want to continue rolling it now. Uh, give me some keys to uh, what do you, what evaluations are you looking at this week, seeing how we are in that part of the season? What, who are you looking at? What position group? What position? What player? What do you want to see more of today? Well, it's uh, – t- I mean – definitely going to be Jalen Hurts for sure. Absolutely. Now, now you got another week of tape on him. Um, the Arizona, listen, I, I know the Saints were the number one defense, but the Arizona defense is, is, I mean, they've been they've been playing pretty scary lately, so I definitely want to see how he adapts to that. I know they're going to be trying, probably going to spy him. They're going to try and hit him. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he adapts to some of the adversity they throw at him. So Jalen Hurts for sure. Um, and I'm just probably just still going to look at some of these younger linemen. Jordan Mailata is probably going to get a get a pretty big test here. I'm sure they're going to try and throw some blitzes his way, and try to get him off balance, see if they can get uh, get on Jalen Hurts' blind side a little bit. So I want to see Jordan Mailata step it up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive side of the ball, I mean, geez, just I want to see the, these young corners just show some some bit of fight. That's that's really the most I could ask for in yeah. terms of their evaluation. Now, I just want to let everybody know that me and Kyle did not rehearse any of this. Kyle, those are exactly my evaluation points today. I, I You know, I look at the defensive secondaries issues as kind of, I don't want to say a silver lining, but an opportunity to throw some people into the fire. You know, Kayvon Wallace yeah. being one of them, you know, a draft pick yeah. who, who really hasn't, I mean, he's played in, in spurts and sporadically throughout the year, but now he's going to get sustained reps. So yeah. seeing what we have in some of these young guys uh, going forward and, and how we begin to build the team in 21. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think you got to kind of extract the good out of some situations. So uh, those are exactly my, my evaluation points, Kyle. Man, we are on it today, brother. How about us? 
<laughs> All right, Kyle. Uh, you are you moved to five and seven with your correct prediction last week, and I dropped to seven and five. I'm very interested to hear what your prediction of score is for this week. <laughs> uh, look, I'd love to pick the Eagles to win, and I probably would have if uh, our secondary wasn't totally decimated. I think we're we're just kind of that wild card team right now. But look. As much as our backs are against the ball, Arizona's are too. They're in the toughest division in football. Yep. They desperately, desperately need a win. I don't think they're going to let one slip by against the Eagles today. And with the way our secondary is backed up and the way that their wide receivers match up, I'm seeing the Cardinals probably drop. They're probably going to drop a 30 spot on us. So I'm going to say 31 to 20, Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to go with a little bit more of a tighter game, uh, but I do think it's definitely going to be heavy in the offensive side of the, of the ball for both, both teams. Um, I think Arizona drops 38 today. And I believe uh, Jalen Hurts, in a very valiant effort, uh, you know, continues to drive his team forward, continues to get better, continues to become a starting quarterback. I think the Eagles maybe pop up 27. So I, I like 38-27 Cardinals. All right. Yeah. Another loss. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll both take a win on our, uh, our record. We will. All right. All right, Kyle. Question of the week. I had a question for you, but then things kind of went screwy this morning. We, we some, some breaking news popped out, and uh, I, I kind of want to do a three-phase question of the week with you real quick. Let's jump on with the uh, Adam Schefter um, report this morning that, per sources, uh, Carson Wentz is not interested at all in being the Philadelphia Eagle backup quarterback in 2021. Is this more, Kyle, of a – something of an obvious fact being stated, or do you believe that this could be um, Carson's true character kind of popping up a little bit in that locker room? Uh, how do you feel that this, this statement changes or affects anything? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think the statement itself should be a surprise to anybody. Does anyone think that the guy who was drafted second overall is going is to want to be a backup anywhere? I mean, these guys are competitors. Nobody wants to actually be a backup somewhere, especially the place that drafted it and invested all these all this time and resources into you, you know, being their franchise guy. No, I, I don't think that should surprise anybody. But I guess the thing that should surprise people is more of the timing of the leak, and maybe it is coming from Parson Wentz's camp. And if, if if that is the case, that is a little bit frustrating that that uh, that he's kind of saying like oh like poor me you know what i mean because it's no no philly fan really cares or wants to hear that at any point so yeah i mean if that's the case then i mean just say it dude we're, we're gonna have to find it find a different place for him to go and it's gonna be difficult to deal him but yeah i mean if he's gonna beg to get out then we really don't have a choice it's uh it's, it's kind of just the way it is but no i would believe that the content of the message itself shouldn't shouldn't be a surprise to anybody now, but I think he should want to compete rather than just resign to the fact that he is going to be the backup in 2021. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And some, some telling issues from last week's game. Um, now, maybe I didn't see all the sideline shots and I don't know if really Fox did it justice, but every time they panned over to Jalen Hurts sitting on the bench, he was sitting by himself. Um, you mean Carson Wentz? No, Jalen Hurts. After he was on the bench, coming off of a series or whatever, looking at the tablet, whatever it is he, uh, they do, he was there by himself, not getting any kind of 
you know, there was no Carson Wentz to be seen sitting with him, mentoring him. Uh, unlike what, of course, uh, McCown did for Carson last year, and Nick Foles would do the year before that. Uh, am I reading too much into that? Yeah, maybe. I think so. I mean, uh, if you're going to base it off of just like a few uh, few camera shots yeah. one from one game, I, I think probably. But uh, if that's a trend that we see keep up, then maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. So here's my part two of my question of the week. So starting next year, if Carson does return, he's going to be making $32 million a year over the next four years. Now we're going to be paying $32 million a year for a man who has 39 game starts since, so 2018 and 2020 in that little time frame, he started 39 games. He's got a 17, 21 and one record. He's attempted 1,445 passes, completed 918 of them for a 63.6 completion percentage, 9,733 yards, thrown 64 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, and has been sacked 118 times. Kyle, pure and simple, and it's a question I've been asking all week and I can't get a straight answer from anybody. Have we seen enough of Carson Wentz? Uh, you mean, so like, do you mean, is this the last of Carson Wentz as an Eagle? Is this based on the money he's going to be making and the stats that I tossed out from you from 2018? Because there's a popular narrative around town that this is a, a blip on his radar. This one year, 2020, is, uh, you know, an anomaly. But I maintain that it's not an anomaly, that this is an actual trend started in 2018. Now, uh, well, I'm going to have to disagree okay. on 